0: So to the people that care, excuse me, to the people that care, the Portland Trailblazers beat the New York Knicks for the summer league championship. The first this is the first year that the summer league champions will be rewarded rings and whatnot. That's not why I'm saying this. I'm saying this for a reason. And the reason is, of course, the Knicks have been in summer talks. all. This has probably been the most aggressive they've been as far as getting going after young, talented players instead of those players already in their prime. Um, of course, I already signed Jalen Bronson to a four-year, $106 million contract, I think. was the final number? Yeah, it was like 4-104. Four, 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 okay. Yeah. And, of course, um, there have been trade talks with the, well... I'm not saying there's been official trade talks. But, but was, that's the rumor. That but the, the streets and the rumors are saying um, that the Knicks are looking to acquire Donovan Mitchell from the Utah Jazz. Of course, Donovan being a New York kid. And <clears throat> excuse me. In the summer with trainer, Chris Brinkley, he's from New York. So, like right. you just said. All right. And why I'm bringing this up, because the Knicks, over the last, I'll say the three drafts, have mm-hmm. seemed to acquire... A lot of young talent at a bunch of different positions. Maybe four. I want to maybe last past four drafts because I feel like Mitch Robinson was the year before RJ Barrett. But Mitch Robinson, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickley, Obi Toppin, um, Grimes. Grimes, Deuce McBride, Jericho Sims. And like I say, the, one of the trades that I've gotten out there between the Knicks and Utah, I'm rambling a bit. I'm going to do the intro in a minute. But the one has been, I think it was Obi, Emmanuel Quickly, and Grimes. And seven first-round picks? Yeah, or six. He was six. six. When I saw it was six, he was those three and six picks. And I say that to say the shots to the Knicks and uh, World Wide West and all those guys over there in the front office who've done a good job of accumulating young talent and trying to steer this team forward in the right direction. But to Knicks fans, I know y'all want to keep all these young players, but like most teams, most fans of teams with young talent that they think can end up prospering and being playoff contenders, if y'all like at some point, all of them not going to be on the team. Like they're just not. I'm not saying that they have to trade these players for Donovan Mitchell or any star player, but at some point when you see the team starting getting better and y'all think the Knicks have a chance to get better over the course of the next four or five years, some of these players not going to be there. So y'all got it right now. Let's stop holding on to these players, especially if you can get a player like Donovan Mitchell. And real quick, I'm John W. Fresh hit. And we are the Hoopers. And from outside looking in, of course you don't want to give up two Three of two young players who are already shown you they can give you good medicine quickly, and Obi Toppin, and then like say a third young player. I think it was uh, the Quentin, yeah, Quentin Grimes, and then six picks. Of course, you don't want to give that all up, but when your team that's we our Hawks, the Hawks were just in the same position last year where they had a lot of not necessarily young prospect talent. They had young talent that had already been in playoff situations and showing that, all right, we can stick this team, we can keep this team together. Cam Reg got traded at the trade deadline because it was just one too many players getting minutes. As a, you know, seeing a team go through that, do you think it's always, is it worth the risk to trade young players and that many picks? I'm not saying the Knicks are or that they should, but do you think it's ever worth the risk, especially if you don't think, if the player isn't necessarily looked at as, this gives us a championship chance. Right. Is the risk really worth the reward? It, it is, and that's okay. not to say to make that deal because I think giving up four players and six picks for a player that hasn't made the conference finals yet is a bit too much. Surely. But two things. One, everybody don't love your young players as much as you do. Like You may think the world of Quinn Grimes or of Deuce McBride. Like I don't care about Deuce McBride he can go, honestly. Maybe he has potential. He right. hasn't shown anything on the NBA level yet. Not consistent. So, anyway. And that's for every team. Because I remember that was all the thing with the Lakers uh, for a while was T.H.T. Memphis, Gri- Memphis Grizzlies now. Grizzlies now. Uh, Miami. Everybody just thinks the world of some of their young players and everybody doesn't think of highly of them. Some of them you think so much of them because they've embraced themselves with the crowd, the fans, and they've become one of you. So that's why you think so highly of them. Secondly, you can't be afraid to make these moves because at the end of the day it's New York and that's what the, the Knicks aren't trying to build a Warriors type team And even the Warriors weren't trying to build a Warriors type team It just kind of happens You hit in the draft Nobody for a superstar player team. in Steph And it just kind of works out because you can start building around Steph But the Knicks, other than Patrick Ewing Which one of their superstars are drafted? You gotta go like before Pat to like, Willis. And this is no disrespect to no, the no, So, No, no, I'm, just, I'm it, just saying, when you just look at the market of their team, this is just thinking that the Lakers are going to draft their next superstar. What, what player did the Lakers draft that was a superstar? Magic? They they signed Shaq. Technically, they traded for Cody. Well, James Worthy wasn't a superstar. Was he, he was a superstar? Star? He was the, okay. in the league. My James bad. Worthy was a my superstar. My bad, my bad, my bad. You he, he, he signed Shaq, traded for Kobe, traded for Paul Gasol, you signed LeBron, signed AD, traded for Dwight, they traded for Kareem. Like they, th- this is how it works, <laughs> that's for, certain, that's how it works for certain game. teams. No, so true, for sure. a trade is gonna happen. I mean, you hope that you can build in the draft, obviously you hope that you get contributing players, but you're gonna you you wanna this is the move that you wanna make. I'm not giving up too much for him though, first of all. Like of you course. can have if you if you're getting three players, you're probably getting three picks because their young players are better than the players out there because everybody's gonna say, Oh, what Minnesota got. Different deal. And and there. I just yeah. want to let people know, I, I just feel like everybody's overreacting so much to the to the the deal that was gotten for Rudy. I'm like, oh, this is going to change the landscape. It's, it's really not. Top players have always gone for a lot. Rudy Gobert is a future Hall of Famer. Oh, I know people don't want to hear that right now. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Three Defensive Player of the Year's, All-NBAs, multiple All-Stars, Olympic experience. He's going to the Hall of Fame, and he's not. Like, is he in his 30s yet? It's not surprising that you get a, a good haul for, for Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell, who was thought of even highly of Rudy Gobert, highly, more highly than Rudy Gobert, 25, average 25 last year, average 26 the year before, three straight all-stars. You probably can guess if he goes to the East, he has three more on the way if he stays healthy. So he he kind of fits your timeline of with your young players now, at least the players that you want to compete with, mm-hmm. RJ, Jalen. Julius Randle if he works out and stays with them. Because you want to have that and having some youth and then at the same time he brings experience. He's been in the playoffs every year since he's been in the league and I just sold you average 25 last year, 26 the year before. So that is a deal that you want to make and I feel like his contract isn't so stupid where they can't still possibly get another player too. Like you all right, all right, all right. probably get Donovan Mitchell and maybe you can get someone else to go with Donovan, Jalen, RJ. So like you said, you started us all with all these young players aren't going to stay on the team. All of them shouldn't. You shouldn't even want all of them on the team because they're not all going to work out the way you want them to work out. In a perfect world, we thought, well, yeah, you got this team and this guy's going to play this role. That guy's going to play that role. Like, it, it rarely happens that way. Rarely. Like, you might keep two or three of them. Even when we just talk about, oh, how well the Warriors have drafted. They've drafted it, it, it's super well. Kevin Lewis is a role player, so he's going to take whatever he, he's happy to be there. He's a solid player. He's happy to be there. Draft Dre, Clay, Steph, that's three players. You just name like five that the Knicks. So and even then, keep him. That's four. You bring Jordan Poole. He's still young. We'll see how that situation looks in two years when he's ready to start. He's ready to get his money. We, we'll revisit that then or whatever. They traded for Wiggins and stuff like that. So. If I'm the Knicks, I'm trading for Donovan Mitchell. I want to trade for Donovan Mitchell. I don't want to, but I'm not overdoing it either because I'm also comfortable with what I got and waiting to trade to the trade deadline and your team is terrible and he ass out. Right. And then I can get him next season. Right. right. And so I want to trade for him. I'm not afraid to trade anybody for him. Only I I would want to keep RJ. Would I want to keep RJ? Yeah, I would want to keep RJ. I, to keep I think if I if I move RJ, it's in another deal, not in the Donovan Mitchell deal. Right. I would want to keep. I would keep, want, I would then want then to I keep RJ, score. and like I would want to keep a combination of certain young players. Like if I'm bringing Donovan Mitchell, I don't really care if I keep Quentin Grimes. He's taking his minutes away, so I would prefer uh, Emmanuel quickly over him because Emmanuel quickly is going to handle the ball a little more, in my opinion. Like you know, maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I personally think. I look right. at Grimes more as a off the ball. See, I know that's what some people him to Allen Houston. See, I have yeah. actually have seen that. I seen um because it's Is he going? Is he going to play point guard? Nah, no, right? so I seen somebody saying I can't, can't think who it team. was, but he was. There. I'm pretty sure he was. He's a part of Knicks Twitter, but he was. They were saying um uh, if the Knicks do get Donovan Mitchell you know the fans are going to have to temper how they feel about Quentin Grimes being a 3 and D player because if you do have Jalen Bronson Donovan Mitchell RJ Bear and Julius Randle but he can still come on that bench Derrick Rose as well because I don't think he's a free agent I don't know I could be wrong I'm not sure I'm not sure Derrick Rose Quentin Quentin Grimes is automatically going to be sliding in as a 3 and D player and an emergency ball handler because of what you have around him already like that's just how it is and that's not right. to say that's what he has to be but that's what more than likely if you don't lose Quentin Grimes in a trade for another dynamic wing type player that's what he is he's still, gonna be a three he and still D got Cam Reddish he's a 2-3 um which I wouldn't mind him being moved if if he's in the deal. Like I said, of of my my wings, my guard wings, that's potentially to get moved is is you just gotta lay them out quickly. R.J. Cam and Quinn Grimes. Those are you you would imagine they're gonna ask for maybe three of them, at least two of them. You can have Grimes and Cam. I will want Isaiah and I will uh, Emmanuel. Excuse me. I will want Emmanuel quickly, and I will want R.J then I would want Obi topping also. Right. But. I would honestly want them to take Julius Randle over. Nah, Obi, see that's my thing. But I, I don't would, know if, you, what, if you're trading down to Mitchell or you're rebuilding. You don't want you don't want Julius Randle. But Randall. that's the thing is Utah. I know Utah also does have a new co- does excuse me Utah does have a new head coach. Shout out to Jason Terry who was just named the assistant mm-hmm. head coach. Shout out to the He gonna be a head. Shout out to Kev. He said he's gonna be a head coach in five years. I don't even. I, know, I, I, don't I don't guarantee even, you he's no right. disrespect, but I can't think of Utah's head coach. Um, it's it's my like head. is it Will Hardy? He came from Boston. Uh, he was one of Brad. Uh, uh, I made his assistants. Okay, but that's the question: Is Utah looking at rebuilding, or if is they Utah... try Donovan Mitchell, yes? Because now it's you left with Mike Conley. So yeah, you're right. So that if they if they Donovan Mitchell, they try but to rebuild. I think you would get Julius Randle to ease the rebuild. I think you want him to. You either want to ease that's the true, rebuild, he ain't or about to change if y'all making the playoffs or not right. in the West. So. Oh, yeah. Or you like if you are getting players like OB and whatnot. Are you semi rebuilding to where it's like we got all these picks and now we can figure out what players fit best around OB, you know, whoever we think is going to be our centerpieces, and then maybe you move Mike Conley in a whole nother deal? Because if you do trade Donovan Mitchell, you do have to trade Mike Conley as well. That, that's how I feel, also. And I mean, I honestly feel like Mike Conley would probably want to be traded. Uh, and, and if I'm certain teams and they get rid of Donald Mitchell, I'm actually kind of. Kind of trying to call for Mike Conley because I think Mike Conley. Because you know he out the door. Yeah, I feel like he he helps certain teams. I mean, if we he re, a lot of if you're rebuilding, what's the point of having Mike Conley? Obviously, you know, veteran to help teach a young guys, be professional, etc., etc., etc. Mike Conley's probably trying to compete for a championship. He he's not done yet. You um, know what I yeah. mean? Like he can still start for some teams or be a quality backup. right like, so, yeah. So this is this definitely matter of fact. We ain't gotta go there today because we can go there yeah. another time. But Mike Conley, there definitely would be a marker for Mike Conley if yeah, um, I think so. decide to fully up. especially off. a team that you know because I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind coming off the bench. Um, but I think he could still, I think he could start, start if certain right. teams. Depending you know, on what the Lakers do, wanna. I think the Lakers should go look for him. yeah, I was I mean, say maybe as a starter or a backup. Or backup. yeah. If Washington just want another good player in the backcourt with Bradley Bill, they don't have a, necessarily have a starter quality point guard right now. I mean, Dallas just lost their point guard. Dallas, absolutely. He works it. But to wrap it up on the Knicks, honestly, I think the the Knicks should try to make this deal a 25-year-old all-star player. I'm not going to call Donovan Mitchell a superstar because he's not that yet. But a 25-year-old all-star that's looking like he could be the best shooting guard in the league this year, next year, going forward. I would make that deal. I'm not overpaying for him, though, because I'm not going to act like he's been to the finals. I'm going to appreciate what he's done, appreciate his three All Star straight all-star appearances, appreciate him averaging 25 last year, 26 the year before. I'm just not giving you – I feel I feel I got enough quality young players to go with those picks that I'm not giving you six picks and three players. It's not happening. No, for sure. But shout-out to the Knicks, like I say, who looks like they might be building in the right direction. But to get away from the Knicks – DeAndre Ayton who contract situation with Phoenix has been up in the air for a full season. The Indiana Pacers put out a qualifying put out an offer cheap to him of 4 years, 133 million and the Phoenix Suns instantly matched that. And it got me, as soon as they matched it, it got me thinking they were just trying to see what his value was and what could they spend on him realistically without having to spend their own. Well, I mean, spend their own money at the end, but they right. don't have to be the only. They don't have to. I don't think they overpaid for him with this. I feel like if they would have just got. A contract if you would have got a contract with Phoenix without going through Indiana, it probably would have been closer to 150. It, it would have been bigger than that. I, I honestly think they were looking for him to just go out there and get a deal because they didn't want to give him that fifth year. Because four years at 133 is what that's about 33 a year, so you give him that fifth year, you know, what I mean, that 133 turns to 166 170 range. Hmm. Um, not counting if he makes All-NBAs, and NBA's, then he right, started getting to the, the supermax range. Yep. I think that they wanted the fourth year. They wanted him to go out and see if somebody else was going to give him that deal. I do agree with that. They want to see where the value was at. I think it was stupid to play that game with him, though, if you weren't prepared to lose him or prepared to alienate him, even though I'm so far against the, all right, now you got to... You gotta bring him back in and mend the relationship and call this and that and you gave him that deal so that shows you want him there because they could have let him go Absolutely. they, they could have yeah, let yeah, him go right. they did not have <laughs> to pay that deal and I, I, I think they could have replaced him and still made the second round, but him on the team gives them a chance to go to the finals. Right. They can replace and him honestly, and still make the playoffs, and honestly, but he's a different... I, I the feel like if they would have lost him, they would have found a more compatible center for what they want to do with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They would have, man, because they lost McGee also, so they would have brought Biombo back. He would have had five good games out of the season. And they would have got another Real runner, and not yeah. necessarily a low post and they would have been good enough to make the playoffs, but they, they would have been going home first or second round. So, sure. I, I think they shouldn't have played the game with him because... For one, I don't think Aiden has been able to show everything that he can do, truthfully. He's shown a little bit of his game, 17-10 and 10 last year. Um, I think he's 18-10 and 10 for his career. But they don't really go to him offensively like I think they could. Like, he's not just a lob guy or the pick-and-roll partner. I mean, you do want to do some pick-and-rolls with him, some pick-and-pops with him and stuff like that. But I do think that they can go to him a little more um, offensively. And I think he can give more defensively, uh, be more of a threat at the rim. Like, he, he didn't even average a block a game last year. I think he should be at a block block and a half a game so it's definitely room for him to improve and i know you look at the people drafted under him and then you think oh do we want to give him super max but you know what he has under those people over those people that drafted under him that did get their super max deals in particular trey and luca he's been to the nba finals so they they have it we we gave trey a lot of stock for making the conference finals it helped luca a lot this year for making the conference finals He's done that and made the finals. So I think people need to put some more respect on him uh, doing that because he was a key part to them making the finals. Like, we can nah, go back sure. and watch them playoff games. Not even just watch. Just he, listen to how mattered. people was talking about right. him. Like, he matters in them series. So, Like, no, nah, for sure. But just looking at Indiana, and that was, like, a super aggressive move, if you really think Which about it. Which Indiana that. don't do all right, Right, especially for a team. We don't know if they're rebuilding or reloading or what they plan on doing next year. I think it would have been a good look for Indiana if they could have got somehow got DeAndre Ayton because I think him and um, Halliburton could have been a good one-two punch, and that's a team where you can throw the ball. He's got to get touches on his own in the post or at the elbow, or whatever, to where he can produce more numbers. But just looking at that, Indiana not getting that player. Of course, they drafted um, Mathurin out of Arizona, beyond the wing, being aggressive wing type, athletic wing. Yep. Got Halliburton. Got Halliburton. Miles Turner still there. Buddy Hill still there. I think they actually read up Buddy Hill, if I remember correctly, the other day. Um, This is probably the only time we're going to talk about Indiana until the season starts, honestly. What do you see Indiana trying to do this year? Is this just a – because I don't feel like they got too many players that – at you know so many positions to where it's like they throwing things against the wall to see what sticks, but I also don't feel like they have this super overly talented young roster. That when they saying we can build, what is it that you think Indiana True Plan is? Honestly, I think they are coming out this year because for one, you got Rick, Rick Carlisle. You whenever you got a veteran coach like that, he's trying to compete for the playoffs, not necessarily compete for the championship, but compete for the playoffs. Right. Um, and they did say it was more of a reset than a rebuild, but like you say. You know, you just lost Brogdon, but they were really aggressive on trying to get Aiden. I think Indiana wants to see where they're at in the first half of the year. Right. If these players because even though they're they have young players like Chris Duarte, he was a rookie last year, but he was older rookie. Um, Halliburton, like I feel like you know, he's like 21, 22, right, just, or whatever. Even if you just look at some of their ages, like, you ain't got to go through it. But, yeah, but some not, of their key players are a bit on the older sides for their, where they're at in the NBA. Right. They're not crazy young. So a team like this is one of those teams where, especially when you coach well, you got the good culture. Miles Turner, if he's healthy. Halliburton, if he's healthy buddy, Hill, um, Karis LeVert. You could see this team competing for a play-in because they have players like Karis could go for forty one night, and you know what I mean. Now you beat the Lakers or the Brooklyn Nets or something like that. Obviously, they wouldn't be. They don't I mean, have Pierce, right. He's in Cleveland. Ah, my bad, my bad, my bad. I'm looking at Indiana roster uh for last year, year excuse on mm-hmm. But like you they have players like Halliburton, you know what I mean, that they can have buddy. big nights, buddy. They can have big nights and and they can win games cuz they going to play the right way. They going they you know what I mean, they just got potential. That's basically where I was no, going with that, yet, where sure. they can win some games. Not sure. So, I think they want to see where they at. And then if they're like so far away, that's when you offload some of the older players. They don't have no crazy contracts. Like, Buddy Hill probably has the biggest deal on the team or yeah. whatever, but just to see see where they are and then they kind of go from there. But, yeah, my bad about Karris I forgot he went to uh, uh, Cleveland. Yeah, he went just, to Cleveland. Oh, sure. I'm just looking at their their roster, and, he, uh, you know, that's why his name came to mind. No, yeah, I, I definitely no, – I feel you. Like I say, Indiana is definitely a team that has young potential. And just even look at – you know, we were talking about it when DeAndre Ains signed um, the mm-hmm. contract, not even thinking – if you know, Phoenix wouldn't or would not match it, but just the potential we thought that that team had, especially with um, yeah, DeAndre Ayton and Miles um, Turner. And we both kind of, uh, you know, kind of got agree mm-hmm. that Miles Turner next to DeAndre Ayton as more of a help defender to where he's, you know, just rotating for blocks and stuff like that. He probably would have been able to get his chance to get up there for a um, defensive play of the year. Like I said, I just want to see now what Indiana do because I'm guessing that was their 1A plan. To being a playoff team this year, so it's like, what do they go for now? Because you got to spend that money regardless. It's like you know, right? And it's, I mean, they clearly had it. They all him for four for one thirty-three. I wonder did they really think that they were gonna get him too? Because I mean, because we saw the rumor mills of you know, Phoenix doesn't doesn't think he's a max player. DeAndre mm-hmm. Aiden, that is, and right. people didn't. They didn't. People legit. I never thought for one. You're not letting the number one pick walk, and you get nothing. I never, for one second, thought that Phoenix wasn't gonna match, wasn't gonna match that deal. And I even tweeted the next day, like uh, when they sent when they when Indiana offered DeAndre Ayton the deal, and I remember seeing I think it was Brian Woodhouse was on TV, and he was just going on about how Phoenix hasn't, you know, they don't view him as a max player, and I was just remember thinking like. I don't care what I viewed him as. I'm not letting the number one pick walk, and I don't get nothing. Like it's it's not happening. And especially, I can see if he averaged nine points last year, eight points, six. No, like he averaged seventeen. Been, he averaged seventeen and ten. Good. Yeah, he's been and great. he's not even a focal point in the offense for real. He, he averaged seventeen and ten. I'm not letting that walk for nothing. Even if I don't want him on the roster, even if this, I mean, he can't get traded to like the trade deadline, basically now. Even if the players to alive, we're gonna see how this works. And if it don't work, I'm gonna trade him at the trade deadline. I'm trading him and I'm getting some form and, and somebody will give you a little bit more for him because he's on the contract for the next four years. So, you know, they know that he ain't going nowhere. But James James Jones didn't get the nickname champ by letting number one picks walk away from nothing. So all right. So speaking of contracts, of course we've all heard the KD and Kyrie trade talks. I ain't finna speak on whether they get traded or not. I ain't finna speak on how I really feel about them asking for trades or whatnot, cause they can do what they want grown man, this is their job. And first and foremost, your job is to want to be comfortable, right? And they don't feel like they can be comfortable in Brooklyn. But one thing, I should went back and looked, checked again, but I'm pretty sure people just don't lie about contracts. But the one thing I feel like people haven't mentioned in all of this, Sean Marks hasn't picked up his option to stay the GM past this season. Uh, and of course, it's that. like, of course, this is the GM, so it's like, what does that matter? But when the GM... Uh, hasn't necessarily picked up his option like you say of course the reports are you know KD only has one team that he wants to get traded to or is only a one team market. Kyrie the same thing when your GM isn't necessarily there for the long term and do you still blame like I mean I know not you you don't blame KD and Kyrie you, you cool with the trades that's what they want to do or whatever whatever they want to do with their careers but when the GM isn't necessarily committed to the long term, do you even like? Do you really care that the players ask for the trade after that? After hearing that type of information, right? I mean, that's something that you have to think because you you go there to work with him and they work with the owner because uh, it says that KD he submitted his trade straight to uh, Joe uh, to Shaq their owner or whatever. So, I mean, I think that would play a part in it because, I mean, the GMs don't just, about presidents of basketball operations don't just up and leave for for teams like that. So, I mean, when you hear that, you have to wonder, does that play a, a role in it, especially if he's the one that brought y'all in? Right. Or whatever. So I would wonder if that played a role in it um, for KD more in particularly. I know, I kind of feel like I know why Kyrie's situation. You don't know because you're not there, but, I feel like I can understand why Kyrie's situation is going how it it went just because of the vaccination stuff last year and his history of injuries and because I mean at some point like I th- I feel like people be trying to make too big of a deal with his, with I mean it's more Stephen A in particular I guess but trying to I don't like when people trying to question which like I said I guess that's more Stephen A is he committed to basketball I always felt like all right. The injuries is one thing. You injury prone. We can we can say that. All right. But sure. questioning if he's committed to basketball because of what happened last year and and with the vaccination, which is the first time anybody has ever dealt with something like that ever. That's when stuff like that just get mucky to me. And I stay out of those conversations because I don't think it's a fair one. Um, but so I I could see more of the ups and downs with Kyrie. Uh, the KD thing is a little more strange. Um, but maybe Deshaun Marks' situation is probably what plays a part in that. No, yeah, I definitely get what you mean by that. And like I said, it's just it's just a crazy situation. Whatever happens, happens. Because I feel like, you know, if they don't get traded, they're going to be professional about it and go out there and play. Yeah, I don't think they're getting traded more than likely anyway. No, yeah. Real quick, I guess in my basketball news, LeBron James played in the um, Drew League the other night. Was that t- – Yesterday or today? Yeah, yesterday. Yesterday, Saturday. Saturday, Saturday he played in the Drew League for the first time since the 2011 lockdown. Of course, he wanted to score 40. Um, him and DeMar DeRozan was on the same team. Yeah, DeMar, the one who told, asked him to come play. Right. I think what they want, end up winning by four. I think it was. Yeah, it was, a matter of fact, I, unless they got fouled, and it was a one possession game, basically coming down to the end. But of course, so, was, yeah. Right, but Twitter's on fire right now because everybody's making fun. Of, everybody's you know getting their jokes off. I don't think they're making fun of being disrespectful to the players. But at the end of the day, regardless of who plays in these Drew League Rucker, AEBL, whatever's in Charlotte, no disrespect to them, um, DC. These are adult basketball leagues. So of course if somebody's from the outside looking of course they go the joke is gonna be LeBron. Imagine you had to work the first shift at FedEx, now you gotta guard LeBron. They've been making that joke about LeBron since he was in high school. Imagine you going to science class in the morning, now you gotta guard LeBron in the afternoon. It's no different. I think sometimes we get a bit too sensitive. People don't know who in the Julie just say that because I guarantee you that game with LeBron, all them dudes played professionally. They were overseas. No, nah, yeah, like I said, I feel like a lot they of weren't. They weren't, they aren't guys that are going to clock in tomorrow. I guarantee you that. For the they, most part, they, not yeah, that, that game in particular, the overall whole league, yeah, you're going to have some people that probably used to play pro and now they got regular jobs. But a game like when LeBron DeMar- is on the court it Those games are very oh, strategically strategic. put, put together. together Nah yeah And like I say, I don't, I don't think all the jokes I don't think all of the dishes I think it's just some people Just making jokes Whether you think the jokes are funny or not But I think it was cool to see LeBron Playing the game Like I said His first time since 2011 Because LeBron doesn't necessarily play Summer basketball if, Clearly not much If he's outside of training and, of course, this is something you see a lot. We got some friends. Uh, Shout out Ricardo and Dez. They, oh, they were talking about this earlier in our group chat, in our group text chat. Uh, Ricardo was basically saying how LeBron cut, basically contradicts himself about, you know, having a short turnaround from a season where he come playing a meaningless game. But it's like, man, it's just a basketball game, bro. Like, right. this is what players have always done this. And the fact LeBron isn't going to play in any other games. DeMar is... Gonna play in at least another four. He gonna play for the, yeah, rest he play, of the league. He He's, played the whole summer in the like the league. Nick Young man. hasn't gotten out there yet. Um, I mean, that Nick is in the big three. The, um, the game hasn't put his full celebrity team out there yet. This is what these leagues are, especially during the summertime, where you can get some of these NBA players out there that know people in these areas. It's a city league. It's for the community first and foremost. So I'm pretty sure it's, it's gonna be some other stuff LeBron had going on as well. But like say LeBron had forty. Skip Bayless was over overly critical for no reason. That's what Skip Bayless do. This is the only kind of content Skip got. <laughs> I don't take him serious no more. But that's why he chose Shannon. You get a LeBron lover to go against a LeBron hater. That's the whole basis of it Not so. but just as far as just for the you know just for the Drew League, and of course they've had you know Kobe, James Harden, all players out there. But to get LeBron out there at this late in his career, how you know was how big of a look is that? Honestly. Like Man, I, say, DeMar- I think it's DeMar- a better look for LeBron just because you you there with the Lakers. That's a good way just to show that you're still embracing the city, especially after, you know, you got the wherever Bronny goes, I'm gonna be there. And some people, even though he signed an extension not too long ago, some people, you always got the people that are question his motives and it, basically is he just. You know, taking on and embracing the fans of the city, so that's a way to get. You know, it's going to be people that can't come see you play in Staples Center um, this year. So that's a way for them to get. And even if you do, crypto, it's different. This is this is well, yeah, crypto now. <laughs> the crypt. So that's even different from that. It's more because obviously it's a smaller gym right. of in a gym instead of an arena. So it's a different way for people to see you play. Um, so I think it's more so about that. Um, you know like I said everybody gonna joke about the competition but no I, I don't really find them funny I think the players out there can play and I guarantee you the people that's making the conversation you won't look good playing against them players I, I would bet top dollar that you won't look good playing against them people on the court but it's cool to see him do that for the city uh, especially at this age. I think whenever LeBron does stuff like that, though, you could tell he's kind of itching to play. That's what I took out of it more than anything, yeah. that he was itching to play. He's itching to get back on the court. I feel like he, he – it just seems like he feels a sense of urgency of, one, getting older, to them not making the playoffs last year. Like, he looks – hes always looks looks in shape, right? But he, he looks like he's in really, really, really good Should shape. You like to say play more games, like, even if it's just one more game? Um, in the Drew League, yeah, nah, yeah, I think I one that. is good enough. I mean, it'd be cool if he did play another. I wouldn't say no, but I don't, I don't think he has to play another one. But um, I think LeBron going out and trying to win MVP this year. That's how he. That's the type of shape that he looked in. I'm you know taking away from the game and what happened in the game, just how he looked on the court or whatever. But we, I feel like this year. We've seen a lot more video of LeBron working out and stuff more so like he posts stuff occasionally, but like early in the summer he was they was posting when he was in New York with Chris Brinkley. Um now you get the Drew League, which to answer your question, I wouldn't be surprised if he did pop up and do one more because of that. But um I just think it's a good look. Whenever those players show, that's a way of giving back to the city, honestly. It's a free game. Um and they get to come just watch you play, play and then right. Like who, like I saw Skip like and forget Skip, but Skip like hey, he went two for thirty. I don't care. LeBron went two for twenty. They want you to see you shoot the ball out there. Like long it, long ain't the court, your, it ain't about your ain't about your efficiency. Go out there, shoot the ball, make some have fun, make right. some make some clutch plays right. in the fourth. Go go ahead and win, get forty points. Right. Like that's all that ma- that matters. I mean, when when Katie scored sixty uh, in the Rucker, he took like forty shots. Yeah, it's great. Right. So, but you know I mean? no, facts. It, ha- it, ha- it happens. Nobody nobody expects you to go out there and go. You know, what I mean, twelve for twelve. Twenty for twenty, we we that's, just expect you to shoot the ball, run up and down, get some dunks, make right. a LeBron pass, maybe get a chase down block or whatever. Right. So it's it's always like to get back to the decision like that because he don't got to do that. Right, that's, yeah. that's no, he don't. Cool. And real quick, um, uh, cause like real quick, Malachi Flynn, I forgot what yeah, he he's he in. Yeah, he Jamal Crawford lead the crossover. cross yeah, yeah, three. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, he kind of. Gonna, am I, I going to have to paint Pritchard him this year? He's going to leave all his points in Seattle? No, he probably did. You know, Payne but, did in Portland. But, but no, nah, but I just wanted to comment on this real quick. I, like I say, and I um, I like seeing p- NBA players play in these games because I feel like they get to play outside of the structure of an NBA game to where regardless of what LeBron can do on the court, He's still only gonna do this because this is what the game need of him. Katie, like I said, he went and dropped sixty. That's probably the most shots he's ever gonna shoot in any in any basketball setting. Kobe being like just being ultra aggressive, coming out and being flashy yeah, when, he, when, when he when he's was at the because right. of course when he was at the rucker he was younger so he got to be flashy. He got to be outside his shell. Like I know at the Drew they wanted him to leave, but he wanted to play overtime. Right? Um, and they they was losing. That's why they was like you know they was down like eight. I think it was. So, they were like, you know, you got to go. And he was like, nah, uh, I got to at least finish the game. Right. And he ended up hitting the shot to send him right over there. You, get, you just get to see a different side of players' games that they might not get to do because, like I say, the structure of an NBA team and how you play officiate in the NBA. you going to get away with more in the, in the Drew than you're going to get away with in the NBA so you can get some crossovers off. Uh, okay. I think Kyrie was supposed to be was, was at the Drew. I don't know if he ended up playing or not. but I know No, he was a... Cause he was in L. A. He was at he was at the uh, sports handy. academy. Who, Before, yeah, he was at field handicap at Phil. the he ain't playing in Drew. at the at the Mamba. It was rumored he was supposed to play Andrew. It wasn't necessarily. It wasn't the guarantee. Just because he was Cuddler Brown playing, but, but Phil, Phil was his guy. Well, it's back to the sports academy now. But at the he was at he was at a basketball camp at the Mamba Academy. Okay, but not Phil, Phil They, tried, they changed the name back to the sports academy because they didn't want to. Basically like they didn't want people to think they were trying to eat off of Kobe's name or whatever to mm-hmm. see one around anymore. more but we still mm-hmm. call it mm-hmm. the Mom Bud No, Surely, surely. But like I say, summer basketball is so last today was the last day of summer league, which means it's probably gonna be a little downtime until off season not off season excuse me, until some um, to camp starts. So of course be careful, because the rumor mills will be churning with trades and firings, and who don't like who and who don't want to play where. And to that, all I'm gonna say is, um, you know, double check every source you see, double check those sources' references, make sure these stories lined up, because you don't want to be going around saying this player is going there when this player is on the contract for another four years for one team. Like summertime. Everybody's gonna be bored, so I don't, don't be on Twitter complaining about what's on Sports Center about basketball because there's nothing basketball going on well, right it ain't now. Even ba- especially if you're going to, to Sports Center in July looking for basketball, you're not a real hoop. So whatever, you know, whatever they th- <laughs> this ain't basketball. So. so when you turn on ESPN and they talking about the NBA, be ready to hear them talk about trades personality type things off season stuff because there's no basketball to talk about with that being said um friday we started a twitter post we're gonna start posting you know try to get one off every day if not two or three times a week it's inspired by a homie nick andre um it's just gonna be a do you remember that player post i'm not gonna get we're not gonna get too detailed into it we're just gonna put up numbers and you know the picture of a player so you can have a reference to who we're talking about friday was mitch richmond who came in a, who came in a, in the NBA at a time where it was tough for shooting guards or wing players in general, if you're between like six five and six eight, you're automatically Michael Jordan Jr. Mm. And every player did, I don't think every player made it out of that comparison. I feel like Mitch Richmond is one of the few players who did um all Ricky, Ricky of the Year. Five-time All-NBA, All-Star Game MVP, averaged 20 points for his career, one-time champion with the Lakers later on in his career. Mm -hmm. Career Career-high, 42 points, one time in Sacramento, one time in Golden State. Just all-around good shooting guard. If he was in – I'm not going to say if he was in the NBA today, what he would be doing, but if his style of players shoot, can post up, strong offensively, and he averaged 1.5 steals for his career as well. So he was playing defense. Those are the type of wing players you're looking for. So Mitch Richmond was always one of my favorite players as well. So shout out to Mitch Richmond. He also wore 23. Yeah, um, I mean it's like you say, it's fair to say, if nothing else, with how the game has shifted to for, for one, he was on a team that played this style that they played now pushing the pace when it wasn't popular playing smaller ball when it wasn't popular, playing a more perimeter game when it wasn't, you know, it just wasn't the thing. All right. So to think that a guy that averaged 20 points what's that 10 years in a row mm-hmm. would do anything less than that is disrespectful no so, yeah. right I'm not gonna um, say what I'm not gonna say what he would do because because that's, right. that's still a what if but he would do that though <laughs> but those are the his type of players is the type of player that you look yeah, for 10 years NBA. straight he averaged 22 points per game his rookie year and his best stretch was between i think 95 96 hurt, to 97 98 where he went for 23 25 and 23 right in so three-year stretch to, to say he would do anything less than that is crazy six five, 215 solid size um like you said he had a bitch had a had a really nice shot 38 percent from three for his career mm. 45 from the field mm. I mean, I'm willing to bet Mitch Richmond in the NBA nowadays is 20, That's, a, that's is way over league average from three Right, Like, I mean, that's just over league average nowadays And, you know, three, like and a half, is three, three and a half, right, exactly Three and a half threes a game So getting, obviously, that, that number would be up But, like, in 95-96, he took six threes a game 43% from, the field, from three Um that's a 97 5.9 threes, I round that up to six a game 42 from sniper. the field Um so, this was as the primary scorer at Diddy's time on the Sacramento Kings team, so the volume was there. Exactly, and, so, and so the volume was there because I fish wouldn't fish even fish. say, like, everybody's not shooting 10 threes a game, no, honestly. that's like, ridiculous. People are shooting 5, it's, it's 6. It's realistically between 5, 6, and, to and 8. Yeah, yeah, you so, got Steph and James Harden. Right, so Young. he he would shoot. I feel like if Mitch played today, he would shoot between 6 and 8 threes a game, 5 and 8 threes a game, like you just said. So it's, it, it would be fair to think he would still be around 38%. Six, five, his numbers will go up just, just off attacking the bat, being able to take the bat. I think consistent 20, 23 to 25 points per game. I think he, he, would have, he, did he would have then. that one year where he'd be at 27 just because he had a crazy year. Yeah. What, what he did then, he would do now, plus a little more. And there's more room for shooting guards to eat right now because the, the thing I like seeing the most on Twitter is people always love to say, the biggest lie told about the 90s is Michael Jordan was the only star. It's just that he was just so good. You forget how good you no know, other players was. Grant Hill, Petey Hardaway, those players with injuries. Mitch Richmond. Um Patrick Ewing Steve Smith David Robinson I can't Like it was some Hoopers in the 90s And Mitch was one of them Nah for sure But other than that Um You got anything else I think I, I ain't got Nothing else For it Um No just as always Shout out to Uh You know Anybody that checks out The podcast weekly We came back Uh Went live again this week Shout out to everyone That you know Checks out the lives Weekly Shout out to the Author Ball Network Um everybody over there obviously shout out to them and you know support we always give them off the ball uh you know you can find us anywhere podcasts are available just search the hoopers pod google our heart radio spotify pandora all those cool places um every wednesday the hoopers afternoon session we are going back strong wednesdays i believe we'll be on this week if not we'll let y'all know but i'm pretty sure we'll be on this week every wednesday 12 o'clock hoopers afternoon session go to the YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube page, search the Hoopers pod on YouTube. Appreciate everyone that's been checking out that we got, you know, some YouTube content coming on there, um, from our summer session series that we just kicked off. Gonna start putting up some more of our, you know, we, we started this Hoopers thing with doing the pod and posting our, our pickup games, um, as it was at the gym or just at the park that's kind of where it all started so gonna definitely trying to you know what I mean we're putting together some content to put together on YouTube to show just some of the hoop sessions you know we the hoopers for a reason so shout out to that go to YouTube subscribe to the YouTube uh, follow us on Twitter just Go, just look for Hooper's Pod on Twitter we all over there and um, like I said anywhere podcasts are available iHeartRadio Google Spotify Pandora tune in radio um apple podcast that's where i listen to it at all those cool places all right and i'm john Davies. fresh x and we are the hoopers